Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of Teaching Tales, a podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. I am your host, Brent Coley, an elementary principal in beautiful and currently quite warm Southern California. And this is the part of the broadcast where typically I would introduce the guest that I'm having on for the episode. But as I've done a handful of times, it's just me today. I'm going to be flying solo. I am recording this mid-June of the year 2021, and we have just finished what I think anyone listening, you will agree, has been one of the most, if not the most challenging years in the history of education. Uh, For the last 15 months, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we've had school closures, we've had to go through virtual instruction, and then a return to a hybrid model for so many of of our schools. And needless to say, it has been a challenge. And as I've finished the school year, I've been reflecting back on everything that's happened and what we've learned uh, over the past 15 months or so. Something that I have heard a whole lot of is the phrase, boy, I can't wait next year. I can't wait to get back to normal, get back to normal. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're all looking forward to returning to a sense of normalcy. Maybe consistency might be a better word. And I think that's okay. Consistency is something that as humans, we, we, we crave, we, we need. And it's going to be great to get back to some of those things next school year that we're used to. Things like having students on campus, something as simple as that. Having real life in the flesh, students on campus, regular bell schedules, in-person assemblies. I mean, I'm with you. If, if you can't wait to get back to some of those things that we're used to, I am with you. But the title of this episode is called Back to Better. And let me kind of explain what I mean by that. While, yes, I'm looking forward to getting back to some of the things, some of that sense of normalcy, we're better than we used to be. Think about over the last 15 months as you're listening to this, think about all you have learned. Think about the skills that you now have that you maybe didn't have 15 months ago. Think of like Zoom or Google Meet or Microsoft Teams. 15 months ago, the word Zoom, if somebody told you to Zoom, you'd be like, what are you, a three or four-year-old talking about the sound that uh, a race car makes? Zoom, zoom. But now it's just standard. Pretty much everybody in education, you know what that is and you know how to do it. You know how to video conference. Things like Canvas, learning management systems like Google Classroom or Canvas. Our district has implemented the learning management system Canvas. And due to the pandemic and the need to go virtual, every single one of my classroom teachers now has a fully functioning learning management system, a fully functioning website that as we move forward, as we move out of the pandemic, they're going to be able to use that with their students. Think about all the knowledge we've gained, all the experiences we've had over the last 15 months. Think about all we've seen, like literally in students' homes via Microsoft Teams or Zoom meetings. Think about all the things that we have heard. I mean, more than any time previous in education, if we stop to think about it, we are better than we were 15 months ago. We're a heck of a lot more tired, right? But we're better. We've got more skills. We've got more experiences. We've got more knowledge. We've seen more. 
I saw this online and I wish I knew where it came from. I, I don't know, but I saw the phrase back to better. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's our theme for the 21-22 school year, back to better. Because while we're ready and excited to get back to a sense of normalcy, we don't want to return to just normal. Because frankly, we're going to be better than we were before. We can take the things that used to work and add to them now the skills and experiences that we have taken out of the pandemic. And as I've been reflecting on this last school year, there's two big things that I wanted to share with you today. And the first one, it relates to kind of homework and take-home projects. Now, I've talked about this in previous episodes of the podcast, but over the last few years, my staff, our teachers and I, we have been engaging in reflective conversations about our current homework practices and those take-home projects that we've been assigning. And I've actually, I've had my uh, my teachers ask themselves three questions regarding the homework or the projects that they assign students. First question is, why are we assigning what we're assigning? Why are you assigning what you're assigning? Second question, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with the assignment? What kind of feedback are you giving when you get the assignment back? And thirdly, is it equitable? Is that assignment, is that project an equitable assignment? So going back to the first one, why are we assigning what we're assigning? If the quest, if the answer to that question is, well, because it's just what I've always done, that's not a good enough answer, is it? If it's just because it's what I've always done, that's one of the most dangerous phrases in education, doing it because we've always done it. Because the research, I'm not going to get into it here, but you can look it up. There is no research. I'm at the elementary level. There's no research out there, not none, that supports increased academic achievement because of giving homework to elementary school students. It's just not there. So why are we giving what we're giving? What's the learning objective? The second question I've asked our teachers to ask themselves is what am I doing with it when when they give it back? What kind of feedback am I giving? Because if it's just the type of thing where it's a packet, which first of all is kind of a one size fits all approach, which I think we all would agree doesn't work. But if it's just a packet and they turn it in, I check for completion, I put a big check in the corner and then I give it back or worse, we throw it away. What kind of feedback are they getting? Because what happens if they did the homework wrong and I didn't give them the feedback? Now they've gotten better at doing it wrong. I'm sure you've heard the phrase practice makes perfect, but it actually doesn't. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect. But practice just makes things permanent. And if somebody is doing something the wrong way and we don't give them feedback, uh uh-oh, now they're just practicing. They're getting really good at doing it the wrong way. But the third question and what I really want to focus on is, is it equitable? And as I've been reflecting on the past year, as I said a little bit earlier, we have seen more and heard more over this last 15 months than we ever have previously. And when we had these homework discussions pre-pandemic, they were kind of discussions held in a vacuum. Like while we knew that not every student had the same level of support at home, we had never actually seen it right? But now we have. 
Think about it. The curtain has been pulled back. And because of those virtual Zoom meetings, those Google Meets, those Microsoft Team meetings, we literally have had the curtain pulled back and we have gotten glimpses into our students' homes. We were able to see that some of our students' homes, lots and lots of parent support. You may have had mom or dad sitting next to that first grade student every single Zoom meeting, making sure that they were getting logged in on time every single time. And then we had other homes where over 15 months, you didn't see the parent one time. You didn't see one time. You may have had uh, just seen things in the background or heard things in the background that it's like, oh my gosh, look, look at all the stuff that's going on there. The curtain has been pulled back and we've seen it. So I share this with you that if you're a teacher, as you're thinking about and as you go into planning for the next school year, and if you're listening to this in July, in June or July, maybe mark this away and maybe re-listen to this in August when you're getting ready to come back. But as you're getting ready to plan, I encourage you, remember what you saw this past school year. Remember what you saw in those Zoom meetings, in those team meetings, in those Google Meets. Remember that not all of the levels of support are equal. Some students have a whole bunch more support than others. So remember what you've seen because we cannot unsee what we saw. And to pretend that we didn't see it, to pretend that that inequity that we observed, to pretend that we didn't see it, that would just be negligent, right? So I would just encourage you in there as you're planning, remember what you saw. Not all of our homes are created equal in terms of levels of support. And which kind of leads me into the second, the second reflection that I've had. And that kind of goes along with those frustrations and apparent lack of caring. So via virtual instruction, I, I think you're going to agree with me. It was easy to get frustrated. It was a very challenging year, right? Very easy to get frustrated. It was easy to get frustrated when students didn't log into Zoom, when they didn't turn their cameras on, when they didn't complete their assignments on time, and when this happened multiple times. And it, it could have been easy to get frustrated when parents didn't return permission slips, or they didn't answer the phone calls, or they didn't respond to emails, or the remind messages, or they didn't help their student log on to Zoom. Very easy to get frustrated. And I, I want to acknowledge that. It is frustrating when parents or students don't, don't meet our expectations. They don't do what we would hope and expect them to do. But something that I've heard over the years, not just over the last 15 months, but I've really heard this over my entire career, and I'm going to be very transparent here. I've heard it from myself. I've been guilty of this myself. But it's the phrase, well, they just don't care. Like the student, he just doesn't care, she doesn't care, or speaking about the parents, well, they just don't care. And I wanted to put this out here, and I wanted to kind of relate it to Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso. It's an Apple Plus uh, TV show. It's, an, it's a really good show. has definitely more profanity than I would prefer. Um, I don't like that aspect of the show, but the writing is fantastic, and there's so many leadership and just life lessons from Ted Lasso. And I won't go too much into the show, but 
Ted, he's, he's basically an American football coach, American football, who's hired to coach a European soccer team. So European football, he knows nothing about soccer, uh, but he's hired to take over the team. And a lot of things ensue uh, over the course of the season. But one of the things that Ted, the coach, says is he quotes Walt Whitman and he says, be curious, not judgmental. Be curious, not judgmental. And I absolutely love that quote. And as I've been thinking, and I've heard this phrase a lot over the last year, and again, I'm going to be honest, I believe that I have uttered this phrase, or at least thought it, that they just don't care phrase. But I think it's important for all of us because I think, can we be, can we be real with ourselves and honest with ourselves? If you've been in education for any length of time, this may be a phrase that you have uttered yourself. They just don't care. When we see something, when a student or a parent doesn't do something that we would expect, it would be easy to jump to the assumption, to the judgment that they just don't care. Um, But when we say this, when they say they don't care, based on on what they've done, I I have to ask the question, is that fair for us to do? And let me give you an example. Um, I'm an elementary school principal, and... The teachers, and if you're a teacher listening, you know you have so many things that are required of you outside of teaching. All of the administrative, bureaucratic paperwork that you have to do. Things like um, maybe you have lesson plans to turn in. I don't know. Lesson plans, report cards, progress reports. In my district, our teachers, there's instructional minutes for PE, kind of some documentation for that that they have to fill out every week. Over this last virtual year, there was every week they had to fill out uh, virtual kind of attendance summaries, kind of based on how much student engagement they were have they they were having, and all of those things, report card, progress reports, all of the those document. There's due dates for all of that. There's due dates for all of that, and just putting it out there, letting you know that for our teachers, they don't all come in on time whether it's report cards, progress reports, the attendance forms, the PE instructional minute forms. There's due dates for all those, and I don't always get those on time. And sometimes I frequently don't get them on time. And there may even be frequent flyers, people who consistently don't get it in on time. Now, what if, I'm going to ask the question, if I were to just, because I'll be honest, is it frustrating when I don't get things on time? It can be frustrating because I've got deadlines that I've got to meet from our district level, so it can be frustrating. But if I were to say to a teacher, oh, man, you just don't care because you're not getting this in on time. You know the deadlines. I've reminded you of the deadlines. You knew it was due at this time, and you didn't get it in on time. You just don't care about, about this. You don't care about me, and you just don't care. If I were to make that statement, I want you to think if you're the teacher and I was talking about you, pause for a second, how would you feel? Now, a little wait time here. My guess is if I were to say that about you, you'd probably be a little insulted. You might feel hurt. And I'm going to guess, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you'd probably be a little uh, bitter maybe even a little angry. B, 
because you'd probably be thinking of all the 676 other things that are on your plate that I have given you <laughs> to do, all those other things vying for your attention. Like, well, Brent, I did, yeah, I didn't do it, but I have all these other things vying for my attention, all these other things that I had to do. And and doesn't mean that I don't care. It just means I had other things on my plate, other things that were vying for my attention. Now let's take that exact mindset and apply it to our parents or our students. Over the course of the last 15 months, we have seen parents who, they didn't sign up for it, but they had the unenviable task of not only keeping their own jobs, but also helping school their students at home in terms of logging them into Zoom classes. I mean, the stuff that parents had to deal with over the last 15 months, incredible. If a student didn't log into Zoom or a student didn't turn in assignments, and maybe frequently, I'm going to come back to the quote from Walt Whitman that uttered by Ted Lasso, be curious, not judgmental. If a student or a parent is not meeting our expectations, they're not doing what we think they should be doing, rather than jumping to the conclusion and saying, well, they just don't care. Instead, I would encourage you, and I, again, I'm preaching, to the, I'm preaching to myself on this because I have been guilty of this. Instead of judging and saying, wow, they just don't care. Instead, shouldn't we ask, shouldn't we be curious? Because when we're curious, that's when we learn. Learning never takes place when we're judging. Learning takes place when, <clears throat> when we're curious. So, because think about all that we have learned over the past year. Think of all that we have seen. Students not getting their, their assignments in on time? Well, you saw what's going on at home. Students not turning on their camera? Is it because they don't care or is it because mom and dad are fighting in the background? If they're not logging into Zoom, is it because their electricity was just turned off? Mom and dad aren't helping them log on. Is it because mom's not home? Because she was an essential worker called back to work. Again, we don't know. And is it possible? Let me just put that out there. Is it possible that somebody, that a student or an adult doesn't care? It certainly is. And I actually, we heard that from a family this year. We had one, our assistant principal had a conversation with one of our families. And, and without going into any details to protect anonymity, we had a parent say like, right now, I don't care about this. Because right now, I am juggling so many other things in my life from trying to not lose my job to trying to put food on the table. Right now, that assignment, I don't care about it. But when we get back to next year, when things get back to kind of normal, back to consistency, I will care again. It will be important to me. But right now, there's just things that are a little more pressing, a little more life and death than that assignment. So... Once again, thanks for listening to this. This was kind of a, a rant, but I just, back to better. As we are planning for the 21-22 school year, are we looking forward to getting things back to kind of normalcy or consistency? We sure are. But I would encourage you, don't fall back into complacency. Don't fall back into exactly how you used to do things. Because frankly, if we're honest, all back to normal. Ladies and gentlemen, 
normal didn't work for everyone. Normal didn't work for everyone. Maybe it was the homework or that take-home project that we were assigning kids when they didn't have the support. Hmm. If we do things, everything the way we used to do it and it wasn't working before, should we really go back to that before? And, and again, just in terms of that, uh, well, they just don't care. Be curious, not judgmental, because we have seen behind the curtain. We have seen and heard things we never saw before. We've seen that levels of support, the levels of support that students have or don't have, we've gotten a glimpse into that. So once again, thank you so much. Sorry for this ramble, this rant, but I appreciate you listening. Hopefully you've been encouraged and, and this will uh, kind of encourage you to reflect on what you have seen and you have heard over the past year. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. That way, uh, anytime a new episode is released, It'll automatically be delivered to your favorite podcatcher. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, Google too. Nah. Google Podcasts, we're in Spotify, or you can listen directly on my website at brentcoley.com. And if you're a teacher and you're looking for an encouraging read or an administrator for that matter, uh, I'd love to humbly recommend my book, Stories of Edu Influence. It's a quick read. It's an encouraging read. If you like stories, like this podcast, the entire book is real life stories from my experience in the classroom and front office where I illustrate and remind you that you make a life-changing dis- uh, difference in the lives of those you serve. So you can get a copy of that. It's in Kindle paperback. If you'd like to listen like a podcast, I've even recorded the audible version. You can pick that up uh, at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful well-deserved, safe, and restful summer. Thank you once again for listening. And until episode 97, have a good one.